Joined now by TJ Leaf, and you just got moments ago um, some accolades from a teammate. Miles Turner named you as somebody that he felt like has really impressed in the offseason. Can you take us through what that offseason has been like and why I assume you agree with him? Yeah, I mean, I, I tried to you know make it a big point to improve my body a lot this summer, um, lose some body fat, um, get my conditioning better. Um, so that's something I really... I really made a big effort to do, um, and just consistency in all areas, especially my jump shot, trying to get that more consistent um, with the arc and everything like that. So yeah, I mean, I feel like I've done a good job this summer getting in the gym and, and uh, being able to get a lot better. When you look back to when you first got here and compare your off-season regimen to what it was then, how is it different? How has your knowledge of two seasons in the league impacted the way you go about your business in the offseason? Yeah, I mean, just learning from all these guys, you know, all the guys I've been with. Um, I've been with a, a different collection of guys that have all been in the league and done that. So just learning from them of, you know, what offseason looks like. And this is kind of my first one on my own a little bit. I felt like I, I was able to, you know, do what I really needed to get better, and I felt like I accomplished that. If there's one player that Nate has talked about wanting to get playing time that maybe he hasn't been able to and it's just because of a crowded front court, it's probably been you. What's been the mental challenge of maybe not always having the same consistent role, knowing the coaches believe in you, but you know there's a lot of talent at your position too? I mean, definitely that's, that's what the NBA is all about, staying ready. Um, I mean, definitely, you know, everything can get frustrating at times, but just staying ready and being able to be mentally and physically ready for whenever your number does get called has kind of been the most important thing for me. I would imagine that there's a progression here. Your first year, you don't know what to expect. Yeah. Your second year, you're hoping to play. Mm -hmm. Are you to the point now where you're expecting to play? Uh, I definitely think that that's uh, pretty accurate. Um, I'm just going to go um, do my thing, and if you know the coaches think that you know I'm ready, I'm going to be put in a position to do that. Then you know I'm going to go out there and, and do that because I feel pretty prepared and I feel pretty ready to go uh, and help this team win. Looking forward to the opportunity to go over to India. Yeah, it's going to be really fun. Um, just being able to see a different culture and playing a different culture like that, it's going to be a lot of fun just to you know, see all those people and, and get to know them a little bit. All right. Sounds Always good. a pleasure, my friend. Thank you, guys. Thank Looking you. forward to seeing the new and improved TJ Lee. <laughs> Not that the old and unimproved TJ <laughs> is impressive. Thank you. But, appreciate uh, it. You're, you're getting some high praise from your peers. It's, it's good it. to see you. Appreciate it. Thanks, TJ. Good Thank luck. you, guys. Joined now by Aaron Holiday. You had your rookie season where I think you got a lot of different chances to prove yourself. And I think mm -hmm. for the most part it was a solid rookie year for you. Now that you've had some time uh, to recollect on it, what are your thoughts of year one as you get ready for year two? I'm just taking everything I can away, playing the pace, the physicality. I'm also taking that to get better in the offseason. So just pretty much taking the all-around experience and trying to make it better for this year. As Pat said, you did get a chance to play, at mm -hmm. least uh, on an inconsistent basis. Mm -hmm. When you come in and you don't know what to expect, how long did it take you to feel comfortable? Um, I think it took all year. Uh, different teams, different schemes every night, so you don't really know what to expect, as you said. But just trying to go out there, play consistent, and just help your team win, that really helped me out a lot. Training camp has not yet started. I think there's mm -hmm. an assumption that at a bare minimum you will have the opportunity to get a regular part of this rotation earned for yourself. So what are your goals as you head into training camp to show that you're worthy of that type of position? Just to go out there, be consistent, play defense, um, get my teammates involved, and just pretty much run the team. What does it mean for you to have that opportunity here in year two? Uh, it means a lot. I mean... Last year was a good experience, and this year I can kind of prove myself a little bit more. So it means a lot trying to get out there and just play with the team and just help us win pretty much. I've often wondered this, not just about you, but about players in mm -hmm. general. When you're sitting there in the summer and you see that your team traded for this guy or let that guy go or signed mm -hmm. this free agent, true or false? The first thing the player thinks of is, how does it affect me? 
Um, for sure. Uh, you just try to put the pieces together as much as you can, but obviously you're not going to be able to do that, so you just have to wait till the training camp and just see what happens. Well, then, on that regard, and I know you're going to get asked this plenty, especially in the early going, so uh, glad we got you here early. When you learn that your brother is going to be one of those players, and I'm sure there was discussion with him, that's that's a very unique circumstance. I think only a handful of brother duos have played in the NBA. What was that process like when, when Justin was making his decision? Um, well, we kind of stayed away, let him make his decision how he wanted to. But eventually, when it came down to it, he texted me and said, he wants to come to our team. Basically, how is it? And I just pretty much told him everything that went along last year, practices and different stuff like that. But it was awesome. I mean, I'm excited for him to be here, and I'm looking forward to playing with him this year. I've enjoyed watching your dynamic, which is the fact that it seems like you guys are pretty close, but in terms of the basketball versions of yourself, mm-hmm. you kind of let each other do your own thing, and I'm talking about Drew in this mix too. Oh, for sure. I mean, we don't really talk about basketball when we're talking, texting, whatever, but we're just here to support each other, not to get in the way, just help each other, just do what we can to pretty much help them get past whatever they're going through or just succeed in basketball. You said something about your brother's process that, if I understood correctly, I found mm-hmm. interesting. You said you pretty much left him alone until he mm-hmm. made his choice, and then you filled him in. It seems like that should work the other way. Wouldn't he want the information ahead of time? I mean, I don't know. I just let him do what he wanted to do, you know? <laughs> he had to go through the process, see what was out there, and eventually he, he talked to me about it. So. I mean, I'm just excited for him. To be so, honest. how long before Drew in New Orleans demands a trade to Indiana? Soon? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You have to ask Drew that question. <laughs> how would you describe the chemistry of this team? It seems like most things that we are hearing is that mm-hmm. you guys have had an opportunity already to kind of gel a little bit. Is sure. that how you're seeing it? Yeah, for sure. We've been up here for a couple of weeks playing now, and pretty much everybody, well, everybody's back now. So, I think we've done a pretty good job gelling and just trying to learn each other's games. Is that a natural process, or are there things players can do to help that along? Um, it's a natural process, and players can help that along just by hanging out with each other in the locker room or just being around each other pretty much. But it'll be natural once you get out there on the floor and just, just play pretty much. You know there's going to be a portion of the season without Victor Oladipo. Mm-hmm. Is there kind of a mindset that everybody needs to take their game up a notch, or how do you guys view what seems like point one of a three-part season? just go out there and play basketball pretty much I mean there's no point of putting so much pressure on yourself because one player is out just go out and play your game and we should be okay all right well Aaron thanks good luck here in your number two appreciate it thank you every sport evolves we're talking about Bob Gibson mm-hmm. every sport evolves this is, by the way this is not Bob Gibson this yeah. is Nate McMillan <laughs> Every sport evolves, and we were talking about the bullpen one day. You know how it is now. you got a guy that comes in and throws three pitches to the left-handed hitter who uh, you know, was signed to a contract four days before, and that's why he was there. Bob Gibson told me one time, the guys in the bullpen are in the bullpen because they're not good enough to start. <laughs> and that's how it was in those days. He was expected to throw nine. Uh, we're talking about load mm-hmm, management. Mm-hmm. Are you a fan? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm becoming one. Yeah, Why? Because it's just the, uh, where we're going, you know. It's, it's, it's all this talk about load management. Uh, we put a lot of uh, money into the resource uh, of studying players and load management, and uh, it's something that uh, today's athlete um, we look at and we look at closely. But this is an evolution that you're talking about and a change in thought because it's the way it is and ultimately you don't really have any choice. Mm -hmm. Do you buy into the concept? 
Because uh, you were you're from the '82 days. Yeah, where where we didn't there was no conversation right about load management, but uh, you know that I think has come into play probably the last you know ten years or so, and it's I think it started in college basketball where. Uh, you know, the, 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 the players uh, could only work with the coaches a certain amount of hours. Uh, it creeped into our uh, league where we can only practice a certain amount of hours, uh, two-a-days, which when I played, uh, we went two-a-day practices the entire month of October. Uh, and now you can only have six of those uh, a, a season. Um, there's a time limit on uh, the amount of hours that you can go live uh, when you're having two practices a day. You know, you can't go live both practices. So, you know, it's, it's, it's become something that has become a part of our league is uh, managing uh, these players and that load management. Uh, we track our players in practice. Uh, we track them in game games and we know uh, where they should be to give maximum performance. Maybe a little bit more generically as a coach who is a tough-minded player, um, is there a challenge in trying to keep your base principles but evolving them to the modern version of the game just in terms of, of every aspect of shoot-arounds mm-hmm. on back-to-backs on, on the road, aspects like that? You have to adapt. And uh, yes, you know that's that's part of uh, coaching, and you have to adapt to uh, the generation of, of players that you're coaching. Uh, they're much different now than they were 10 years ago. That is is much different now than it was 20 years ago, and uh, you have to adapt to uh, you know the, uh, the things that are going on uh, in the sport. Uh, in t- with today's athletes. So, yeah, you have to make those adjustments. Uh, uh, really, it's, 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 it's almost year to year uh, you adapting and you are making adjustments like that. How do you do that? Because you're essentially an old-school guy. Do you do that just from observing the way things are? Do you talk to other coaches to see how they deal with it? What What's your process in making those adapt? Well, it's a combination of both. You know, coaches are talking. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we're talking with players, uh, you know, it's communicating with my kids. Uh, you know, it, it used to be that we uh, pick up the phone and we would call each other. Now, uh, you you know, no one answered the phone anymore, so you have to text uh, message. Uh, he, he voice texts. Now, he won't even send me the text. He'll send like a minute-long voice memo. Yeah. I had to listen to the whole you know, thing. So, right, you're right. So you, 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 you are... You are dealing with and communicating with uh, the players in a different way uh, than you used to uh, communicate with guys. Uh, It's a lot more uh, one-on-one conversations uh, where I try to, you know, uh, at least talk to all of our players, um, you know, once or twice, you know, within a week. Uh, Make sure that you keep that line of communication open with them uh, whereas you know when I was playing years ago you know if you really wasn't playing a lot of minutes or you was the 11th and 12th man the coach wondered if the coach even knew your name (laughs) you know so it's just just different it's different and as uh, coaches we have to 
adapt to the way the game is played here in 2019. You caught us in a bit of a rabbit hole, and it's interesting, but I want to pull us out of it just uh, for a moment here. As a coach, uh, last year, around this time, you had a team that had a lot of chemistry. You knew they fit together mm -hmm. well. As you begin to bring in this year's team, it seems like you brought in the right type of people, Malcolm Brogdon, TJ Warren, Jeremy Lamb, amongst this group who is in. But is it a different job for you as you have so many different guys in a starting lineup that is going to feature, at least it seems, um, a couple of your bigs together, whereas they had been a little bit more staggered in previous years? Yeah, we're going to continue to do things similar to what we've uh, always done here and that's build chemistry and it starts with us uh, tomorrow morning uh, well really uh, tonight at our team dinner and going into our first practice tomorrow morning uh, building that chemistry you know giving these guys a vision of what what it is that we are trying to accomplish uh, this year, uh, you know, as far as our goals, and then, you know, kind of giving them that roadmap on how we uh, want to try to get there. And it starts with, uh, you know, tomorrow morning, uh, you know, practicing uh, to learn to play this game together, uh, learn to trust each other, uh, you know, being a tough minded uh, team out on the floor, and, you uh, you know, having each other's back and, you know, doing that full 48-minute uh, game uh, because we want to be on the same page as far as what we're playing for each night that we take the floor. We talk about transition, and it's particularly relevant here because of how many new guys you have. From a coaching perspective, how long do you expect it to take before you're really comfortable with all of your guys, what they can do, how they fit together, how does that process work? You know, I, I really uh, take it uh, a day, a game at a time. We have so many new faces uh, that it's just going to take some time. You know, I, I think we do have a, a talented team, but it's going to take some time for these guys to learn uh, each other, uh, you know, feel comfortable with the role uh, that they're playing, and <laughs> speaking of comfortable, and yeah, yeah. <laughs> and would you have would you ever done that to George Carl? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I did because I like I like George, so I'm hoping I'm hoping he likes me. But you know, even even you know, it's going to be really two three seasons this year for us because we'll start the season without Victor. And that team will uh, develop a chemistry, uh, a culture, and then there's going to be a, really another season with Victor, uh, you know, fitting him into uh, what we're already doing. And, you know, that's going to take some time and some adjusting uh, because, you know, most of our guys, uh, you know, they, their strength is on the offensive end of the floor. Uh, as, as you know, we play with one ball, and they're going to have to share that basketball. And, um, you know, sometimes, you know, that's a, that's a difficult uh, thing to balance. Uh, and you try to balance that in your rotation of your players uh, in the group that you, you have out on the floor. So all of that will be work in progress throughout this season. And you bring up something that I think is kind of interesting in this regard when you when your best player is not there 
you don't have that clear alpha that everybody knows yes. is the best guy. Right. Is, does sharing the ball become a little bit more difficult then because players perceive themselves as more important than they might ordinarily be? It could uh, become uh, difficult, but it's something that we coach our players uh, far as in the sense of what is important. You know, some of our goals and one of the goals uh, for us is 25 plus assists ball movement. I want you to be aggressive. I want you to take uh, your shot. Uh, but when guys are open, we want to move the ball. So it's, it's all about playing together and creating opportunities uh, f for each other and getting the, the high percentage shot. I think when you play the game like that, everybody will have that opportunity to uh, do the things that they like to do, which is uh, score the ball. But we want all-around players, uh, and, uh, and what I mean by that is you do whatever it takes to help this team win, and you're going to have to make sacrifices because uh, of the number of players that we have. Uh, you're going to have to score, defend, cheer, support, encourage. I mean, you're going to have to do all those are the type of players we want uh, to try to create. Felt like we we did that in our last couple of years uh, with this uh, group that we have, and uh, feel we can do it this again this year. Nate, we always appreciate your time, your perspective. So thanks for joining us here, and best of luck as the season gets tipped off here. All right, thank, thank you for you, having sir. me. All right, you are so well known. Maybe uh, you epitomize Philadelphia's resurgence as much as anybody, and your story, in a lot of ways, kind of falls in line with that. So, is there any part of you that feels like you have to recreate an identity at all as you join a new team? No. I think, for me, the way this team plays, what they're all about, the way Nate coaches, I fit that perfectly. And that was obviously a big thing in free agency for me, is going to a place that's going to be a great fit. And I think this is a perfect fit. For those of our fans that aren't aware of your background, it is a very basketball-centric. All of your cousins, sisters, parents, Pets. Like we're like <laughs> born with a basketball coming out of the womb. What I'm, what I'm curious about is this: so you were raised in a basketball family. Was there ever any thought that you might play baseball or soccer? So I did actually play another sport. Um, I played soccer and baseball, and I played football for about I think ten minutes. <laughs> and um, you know, kind of as I got older, um, me and my dad talked, and he was my high school coach, and. He said, just focus on one sport, and obviously I was the best at basketball, so I focused on that. Were you good at the others? Yeah, I was decent, um, but you know, my love for the game of basketball is just surpasses them all. A fairly interesting anecdote about you is as you were coming out of college, and we seemingly reference this a few times a year because a few times a year because the Pacers had a a pretty uh, landmark decision in the draft uh, back in 2015. They took Miles Turner. It has ended up being a, a big boost for the team and ultimately helped shape their direction. And in a way, you can kind of take maybe a little bit of credit for that because you were a part. There was a draft workout that had Miles Turner going against Frank Kaminsky, and while Kaminsky went before Miles anyway, so the point was moot. I think the Pacers maybe really realized then that. Miles was a guy they wanted to potentially build around, and you were a guard as a part of that workout. So maybe you can take some credit for why Miles looks so good. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm obviously kidding when I say this, but you know, I tease him and told some of the coaches that, um, you know, you're welcome for 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 Miles. You know, I was it was a, a fun workout, and um, 
you know, obviously very happy for him that he landed up here and um, excited to be his teammate. How difficult is it to transition to a new situation? I'm just kind of figuring that out now. Um, you know, being in Philly, obviously, for the first four years of my career, um, you get acclimated to a city, but, you know, the people here are super welcoming. They're great people. The, what this organization is about, it's made the transition so much easier. In a game where players obviously have a lot of confidence, egos often. Um, I found this quote from you kind of interesting. You said, I think five years ago, if you had told me I'd be standing here going into my fifth year and second contract, I probably wouldn't have believed you. And that's uh, not to doubt your own confidence, but you are so seemingly down to earth. So to still be here, to have another team want you, um, you had a huge role in what Philadelphia was, and have another team say, we see value in that too. How would you describe what it's been like to go through this process? Nerve-wracking. Um, just blessed, honestly, to you know go into my fifth year into the NBA and have a team, like you said, see value in what you do, and they value that a lot. Mm -hmm. So um, I'm ecstatic to be here and, and literally cannot wait for the season to get started. You say nerve-wracking. On any level, was it enjoyable? After I knew that I was coming here, um, you know, that nerve-wracking feeling went away, but during the free agency process, it, it is not fun. You didn't doubt that you'd find a spot, though, did you? No. Um, you know, as the days go by, um, you kind of go to some dark places, but um, in the end, you, you have a, I have a great support system that was always there for me. My wife is truly amazing, um, and she was there every second of the way. We are taking questions on Twitter, and we've been talking periodically throughout the morning about all of these new guys and the bonding process and the chemistry. We have a question here from uh, one of our followers that wants to know, who was the first Pacers teammate that you hugged? Man, I don't, honestly, I have no idea. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that might not it, be something that every if, guy keeps if, track of. If I had to guess, it would probably be Alizé John, uh, Johnson or uh, Doug McDermott. Okay. What do you see your role being in here? I think leader is a big part of it, and it's an interesting dynamic because I think the franchise feel, feels very highly, views Aaron Holiday very highly. You've shown you can play. Um, you've shown you can lead. How do you see your role, and where do you fit in? You know, I kind of try not to worry about that. Um, I just kind of do what coach tells me to do, and that's kind of been my approach since I've started playing basketball. Whatever the coach, the team needs me to do, I will do. Um, I obviously know I can... I can play and, and I'm good enough. Just going to continue to be a great teammate um, and show people that I, I'm, I'm I'm good enough to to do what I do and, and be a great leader and, and help this team any way I can. I'm curious about this. You mentioned doing what the coach wants you to do and, and whatever. Does growing up as a coach's son help you see that perspective a little bit better? Yeah, I mean, I think my dad will agree. He was very tough on me and, and as a coach coaching your son that's how it should be and kind of being coached by him and and doing whatever he told me to do I've he kind of instilled that in me to kind of do whatever the team needs and always put the team first. TJ thanks for joining us best of luck here year one in India. Thank you so much.
and welcome TJ Warren into our little man cave here. Something we were talking about earlier, and I'm sure this is something that doesn't concern you, but I'm curious your opinion on it anyway. There's kind of a chicken and an egg thing with players who play on struggling teams that play really well. On Are they playing well because of the team, or perhaps could their skill set be even more spotlighted if they join a team like this one? How do you view the transition for yourself as you play uh, with Indiana, a team that clearly has playoff aspirations and above? Um, I feel like I fit right in, you know. I'm happy to be here, glad to be here. Um, first class organization and just overall happy to be here. Your three-point shot uh, skyrocketed last year. Now, I know it was cut a little bit short to injury. In fact, uh, Mark, my fun fact for TJ, doing this for new players, is that uh, if he would have stayed healthy enough to be qualified, it would have been the biggest jump in a single season from previous season three-point percentage uh, to the three-point percentage that he had, which was uh, 21% jump. Was there something specific? Was there a change in your um, dynamics of your shot, or why did you see that number jump so drastically? Um, just really worked on it. But like nothing was wrong with my shot. I just shot it with confidence and shot it like I could believe I can make it. So I think that was the biggest difference. You mentioned fun facts. I'm sure many of our fans don't know this, but TJ has a connection with the former Pacer, David West from the yes. AAU and, and his brother. Uh, how much did the relationship with David and his brother mean to the evolution of your game? Uh, it meant a lot. D. West is somebody that I idolize, somebody I look up to. Um, I've known him since I was 10. He's giving me great advice throughout my basketball career, from high school to where I'm at to this day. So, for sure, David is definitely a big influence on me. So you still talk to him on a regular basis? Talk to him every day. Really? Yeah. Wow, that's impressive. I think it, it speaks well to the organization of, of what David spoke to you as you were making that decision, but can you take us through how he has mentored you through this specific decision to come here to Indiana? Yeah, well, for some reason, David knew before me what was going on and when I when he when I knew I was coming here he kind of called me and gave me the whole rundown of everything that's going on and um, people around here speak very highly of him and really uh, high character guy and just wanted to just be able to replicate that here best guess is that you'll be sliding into Boyan Bogdanovich's spot, and he's a very good player, was arguably the best player on the team once Victor went down last season. Does replacing a guy like that cause you any concern or stress? No, I wouldn't. I don't know. I'm asking you. <laughs> no, nah, not at all. I mean, Some guys it would, some guys it wouldn't. No, nah, I mean, play basketball every day. It's just a game at the end of the day and just coming in and just be myself. I'm not really concerned with anybody who was here previously before me. Have you had a chance to get to know most of your teammates? Yeah, absolutely. Everybody's um, high character, good guys. So. so the process of guys getting to know each other and playing together has already begun, even though camp hasn't started and it's going well? Yeah, the chemistry is definitely um, translating. You know, um, want to keep that going into the season and beyond. We're taking Twitter questions, and in a way that I think you've already endeared yourself to the fan base. Uh, the question is, is this T.J. Warren's first time having his own fan zone, and how do you enjoy interacting uh, with all the fans? Oh, uh, yeah, it is my first time having a fan zone. I'm excited to be able to, to do something like that with a new organization and excited to see the fans that come out every night to support us. I know as fans see a bunch of new players come in, they kind of wonder who they're going to be on the floor, who they're going to be off the floor. Was this a gesture by you, kind of a way of saying, um, you know, I value you as fans? Yeah, for sure. You know, being able to supply tickets for fans and um, them welcoming me with warm arms. There's just been a lot of support and 
I'm just happy to be here and I'm excited to get started. And following up on something we talked about earlier, and I should have thought to ask you this myself, but it comes from one of our Twitter followers, wants to know what was the best advice that David West ever gave you? Um, the best advice, David, um, just be yourself every day, you know. Um, you know, a lot of people are not going to be fans of you or it's going to be a lot of people that's fans, so you just really just focus on yourself and the situation you're in. TJ, I think fans are very excited to see how you transition onto this team. So best of luck with it in training camp, which starts tomorrow. Yes, appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Thank Thanks you for coming. Appreciate it. Good luck. Miles, nice. please, welcome. It's been interesting to watch, I think, um, you progress. It's amazing already to think that this is year five, but you've got you know your own press conference this year, and your leadership seemingly has grown every year and, and will this season. How do you view yourself in terms of, you know, you're the longest standing pacer first and foremost, but um, in, in some ways you're still young, but you're not that kid you were anymore uh, a couple of years ago. Yeah, no, I'm definitely not the, <laughs> that 19-year-old kid anymore. <laughs> I think I just... Um, I've learned so much from here. My experiences with the Pacers have grown up a lot, and um, you know I have to you know grow into this leadership role. I think it's um, especially with Vic, you know, being down the first half of the season, you know, somebody has to step up and fill that void. You know, I want that to be me. Did you make a conscious effort in that regard when he went down last year? Um, I think Thad really stepped up and was that guy. You know, I think I, I had a voice, but you know, I think Thad was really that uh, that voice everybody listened to. For so, how part. much will he be missed from that standpoint? Oh, he definitely will. He's going to be. He's a. Uh, I think just as a. Um, the respect that he had amongst his group and being that guy in the locker room is definitely going to be missed. You don't have that uh, that uh, you know, that 13, 14-year veteran anymore. And so it's, it's up to like us that have been here for a while just to come together and make it happen. Last year there was a huge focus, I know, during the offseason on your body. In fact, so much so that Mark asked you to take your shirt off last year, if you remember that. <laughs> yeah. So promise we won't repeat that. Still and perhaps I... the single worst question I've ever asked anyone. <laughs> <laughs> but I know, I know you spent a lot of time on that this offseason too. But with Team USA and with the leadership role that's seemingly growing, would it be fair to say that uh, this year was maybe as, as much of a mentally growing offseason as much as anything? Definitely so. I think I was one of the, I was one of the leaders on that USA team, you know, yeah. obviously. Um, just um, um, you know, being the big, being the starting big there. I think guys kind of listen to me a lot, and um, yeah, I got a lot of respect while I was there. But mentally, this summer, I just um, I had to take some time off, just kind of reevaluate some things, and uh, you know, I think I'm in a good place. What was it like playing for Popovich? It was awesome, man. He's a he's a hell of a coach. I think he the media only gets one side of him. You know, I think he's one. He's, he's hilarious. He's a great guy. Two, like he just um, he does almost doesn't have to coach because like he just he. I guess he expects like this guys to go out there and just work as hard as possible for that time being. And the rest of the time, it's chill. You know, it's just, it's, you know, show up and do your job. And the rest of the time, you get to kick it. I don't think you necessarily need any outside validation. And Nate, of course, is a very well-respected coach. But for a guy like him, I think there's a great photo where he's got his arm around you. Uh, it has to be motivating to have a coach like him see a lot of promise in you and see a lot of value in you. Yeah, definitely so. I mean, between... I think what I was telling people is that, you know, Nate's obviously such a great coach, and it might be the same way with Popovich, but, like, if you play for one coach for so long, it's like, you know, things they say almost is like outside, like background noise, you know, it's like you just hear it every day and every day. So you have to go to a different coach and uh, kind of get, like, their mindset, you know, their view on things for a little while. It kind of changes things up. You know, it's a different voice, obviously respected coach, but you know, that happens to any player. What did you get from that experience that you either didn't know or – Really anything. It's a, it's a general question from the international experience this last summer. What did you get from that that you can bring here and perhaps 
use as a tool to help your teammates? Well, I got a broader appreciation for the game, you know, outside the U.S. I just, um, you know, the USA is such a you know, tradition of dominance, and um, you got to see, you know, me personally, got to see how talented the rest of the world is. You know, you, you hear about things, you see stuff, videos and stuff like that, but be able to actually play against them, it's different. And uh, just the physicality of the game over there, I think that's one thing that's going to carry over, you know, for me coming into the season and one thing that um, uh, helped me out personally. You have set, I think, a lot of specific goals throughout your seasons. Winning the block crown, I think, was important to you, and you were able to get that done. Is there anything, at least yet, that you have set aside as, I want this to happen personally for me this year? Offensive player of the year. That's one thing that trumps everything for me. That's one thing that I want to you know, make a very conscious effort of uh, you know, solidifying myself as one of those top defenders in the league. So you led the league in block shots, and you didn't get it. So what do you have to do to get it? Um... Well, I lead the league in uh, shot blocking again. I got to rebound better, and then um, I guess it's just be more of a presence out there. You know, there's only so much. Um, you know, I'm gonna take care of Ian. You know, so that's all. That's all I can even ask. Well, Miles, we appreciate your time, and uh, best of luck here as you enter your five. No, appreciate it, guys. Good to see you again. Here's my uh, little fact for Malcolm. We have somebody uh, fact for all of our new guys. Um, Malcolm's Virginia Cavaliers beat T.J. Warren's NC State team 76-45 back in his collegiate days. Warren was held to a season low four points. You can understand why I didn't use that as Yes, T.J. that Warren's would not be your fun, fun fact for T.J. Warren. Do you remember that? I do. I remember playing T.J. <laughs> yeah. And he was dominating. He was yeah. dominating the ACC. So he was, was ACC our... player of the year that year. Yeah, no, he was a phenomenal college player. He dominated. And it was our goal to make sure he struggled that night. <laughs> so we put our whole defense. And if we could, we knew if we could, you know, limit him, we would we could win the game. Well, you had a great before, defense, Justin yeah, Anderson. Before we move on to more pressing matters, since Pat throwing that out as a fun fact, how did you acquire the nickname the president? I think my rookie year, people thought I resembled Obama and talked like him. And they knew my sort of background and education, how serious I take it. Um, they started calling me the president. You're the president. Have you seen the picture of when Victor Oladipo was on the podium during the uh, political elections last year? He was supporting one of the candidates, but he's got quite the presidential look, too. I would be interested in seeing like a side-by-side there because I think you both kind of share yeah. those type of... Uh, How instead. about this? Here's an idea out of the blue. Me, you, and Victor, once a week, political podcast. You in? <laughs> yeah, I'd actually be in. It's interesting. See, because you're a player, you can do whatever you want. If I was in on that, yeah, yeah then no, Mark, you're not doing that. <laughs> He's joking. Something I know you know, but this um, is in a fantastic year for you last year. You were part of the 50-40-90 club, which I love reciting the members each time because it is such an elite and elusive group. Uh, Mark Price, Dirk Nowitzki, Steve Nash, Reggie Miller, Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, Larry Bird, there's of course some Pacer influence in there, and now uh, Malcolm Brogdon. That is quite a list to be joining. What are your thoughts on um, joining that? There's very few clubs that are as exclusive as that. Absolutely. You know, it's an honor to be a part of that group. Um, those are legends. And yeah. In no way am I am I on their level as far as career, but it's an amazing <laughs> accomplishment. Um, and I couldn't have done it without a great Milwaukee staff and, and great teammates last season. You had a great three-year run there. You were the rookie of the year. You were a key player on a team that ultimately became good enough to compete for a championship. In any way, were you surprised that you're not there anymore? Uh, I mean, yeah, there's an aspect of it where I thought I would be there for longer, especially after how well I had, I had played and, and uh, you know, how well I had just done for that organization. Uh, but this is the NBA, and regardless of what you think or, or whatever, you know, it ended up being a better opportunity here for me. We talk about that every now and again with various players over the years. The point in your career 
where you realize, yeah, this is a game, but it's really a business. Is that is that what it was for you? Absolutely. And I sort of realized that in my first and second year, how much of a business this really was. Seeing guys get traded, you know, in key moments of their lives, off the court, stuff going on, and they wake up the next morning and they're traded during shoot-around. So, um, you know, this is a business. You have to remember that as a player. It's hard, but, um, you know, it's the reality of it. Obviously, a lot of that can be out of your control, but you knew the Pacers very well in this division, um, you know, battling for the division and in the conference uh, pretty often. How familiar were you with, uh, we hear culture and, and, and the chemistry a lot around here? Clearly something that was a positive in Milwaukee. Did you sense before you got here that that was also a similarity that the Pacers shared? Yeah, for sure. And, uh, you know, this is an amazing culture here, whether you talk about the state of Indiana and the basketball and sort of the the history behind it, but also this organization and the support it has from the city is, you know, I think it's very unique even in the NBA. Um, so I'm just excited to be a part of it. This is going to be a really great team. When you look at the season, we have heard Nate McMillan, um, the front office, discuss it kind of in pieces, whether it's two pieces, three parts to the season, of course, talking about Victor Oladipo and his return. So how do you anticipate the start of this season going? A lot of new faces in the starting lineup. They're trying to Montes Sabonis seemingly there. Um, you're at the point guard position and seemingly in a pretty important role as it relates to how much success there's going to be before Victor gets back. Uh, you know, this is a team, we have so many new faces uh, and so much change has occurred over this past offseason. It's a team that's clearly talented, clearly has the makings of being very good this season. we got to take it one game at a time. First, we got to get through training training camp, got to get through the preseason games, and then we take it one game at a time when the regular season starts. So I can't give you a number, I can't give you a, you know, um, I can't predict how many games we'll win, but I can say we're going we're gonna to pull it together. We're taking some questions from fans on Twitter. Somebody specifically asking, how does Malcolm feel about chasing fast point guards around screens? And maybe I will uh, make that question a little more generic. Your defense in general, I know, is a big part of, of what makes you you. Absolutely. Uh, you know, I pride myself on defense. Even coming here on a team that focuses, I think, even more on defense than Milwaukee did. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, I'm... I'm I'm happy to be, you know, a part of this because this is where I, how I sort of cultivated my game at Virginia. Um, and as far as the question, I'm, I'm more than ready to chase fast point guards. I'm more than ready to stay in front of point guards. Um, I've just been waiting on this opportunity to really, to really show people. Is it challenging at all if you've been waiting on this moment? Of course, you had a great year last year on a good team. But is it challenging at all to not try to do too much out of the gate and maybe overextend trying to prove yourself? You know, that's not, that's not really my concern for myself I'm a person that really stays within my character stays who I am but that's definitely important to remember to to not try to do too much to uh, continue to be who you are the Pacers didn't bring me here to be someone I'm not and to force shots and to and you know to do a bunch of stuff that I was not doing in Milwaukee. They brought me here to be me and play my game. How do you approach being a leader? Because I think that's something you were clearly brought in here as, as one of your many positives, but also it can be seemingly a little challenging when you're walking into a new locker room. It's definitely challenging. I think it's challenging when you're walking into the same locker room. I think it's about uh, learning your teammates on and off the floor, like, like actually developing a genuine relationship with your teammates. I think that's sort of the foundation. And then from there, listening to them, learning about them on the court, what they like, what they don't like, learning their routines. I mean, I think you really actually have to study people and understand who you're playing with um, in order to be able to lead. Along those same lines, when we were visiting with Miles, 
uh, we were talking about the way different players evolve in different situations, and he specifically mentioned Thaddeus Young, who by the time he left here was a great leader, always was a consummate pro the whole time. But Miles said when he came, he was pretty quiet, and then as he got a feel for the lay of the land, he became more outspoken, more vocal. What I'm getting at, Malcolm, is this. When you join a new mix of guys, is your approach, I walk into that room, I'm me, and that's how it rolls, or I get a lay of the land, I see who does what. How, how do you inculcate yourself into a new group? I walk into a room and I'm me, and uh, that, I mean, people are either going to have to be okay with that or not be okay with that. Um, you know, I'm, I, I see myself as a good teammate, I see myself as a great teammate, so I've had teammates that have, that have gotten along with really, really well in the past. Um, I don't see that as a problem. I, I see me being myself as, as a leader, but also a great teammate, a winner, um, and someone that my that my teammates will enjoy playing with. Well, good luck as you embark on this new journey and as Thank Pacer you. fans get to know you and vice versa. Perfect. Thank you. Good. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Thank Welcome. You. Um, you and Aaron, once you take the floor in the regular season, will be just the seventh brother duo to take the floor wearing the same uniform. Um, clearly. Not, as not literally the same uniform. Yeah, but. It's close, the number. Not against each other. <laughs> not, against, not against each other, mm-hmm. playing on the same team. It was interesting talking to Aaron because he um, made it pretty clear you guys are making your own basketball decisions, but obviously there's a bonus to playing with your brother. So how did that weigh into your decision-making? Uh, weigh into it a lot. Um, I mean, obviously to be able to play with my brother and brothers has been a dream yeah. of ours, you know, all our life. And I played with Drew before. Yeah. Uh, you know, and I saw a situation where I was able to play with Aaron, but, you know, the way this team was, the uh, character that these guys all uphold and just the way they, you know, go about basketball here is something that was very, very interesting to me as well. So, yes, I was excited to play with my brother, but, you know, the way basketball is, 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 is done here was very important. Aaron said something when we asked him about this that I thought was really interesting, and I'm wondering if you could amplify on it. He said that you didn't seek out any advice or information on the Pacers from him until after you decided to come here? Yeah, no, I didn't. didn't wouldn't ask it, him wouldn't it have been useful to know some things? No. I mean, one thing I, I, I knew enough up until that point, and actually, I, I mean, I met with the team, so you know, it wasn't much more I needed to know. I knew how it was for him during the season. Um, I, 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 I wanted to make a decision for myself, and that's something I've learned in my career in making decisions on going places or. or Anything I've done is I've always done better and felt better with making a decision for myself without letting anyone really, uh, you know, persuade that until I got to the point where I wanted some information. But, yeah, no, it wasn't until, like, I was about to go there that I said something to him and asked, you know, how he felt about it and what he thought about it. Along those same lines, this will be your eighth team. What are the pros and cons of bouncing around the block? Pros are I've been everywhere and done pretty much everything you can as a basketball player other than getting drafted. I've done it all. And now two-way contracts, because that's another thing. I played in the D-League. I've been cut four times. I've been traded twice in three months. I've won the championship. I've been on teams that haven't won a lot. So I have that experience, and I know how to get through all those you know, situations, good or bad. And I know what it takes to be able to get to this level. I wasn't drafted. So the bad thing is you move a lot. Yeah. Uh, you hurt a lot, because it doesn't feel good to be cut or not get drafted or you know have such high hopes for certain things but then another good thing is you grow I've grown a lot and uh, I'm very very confident in what I do what I bring to the team I'm very very 
sure of myself and I know you know I can help a team and uh, help a team do well. While you're going through all of that, does your confidence waver? Confidence waver. As far as playing on the basketball court, no. I do know that the f- when I didn't get drafted, I had to, I won't say a waiver, but I had to get to a point to where I understood that because I was not in the NBA, there was a possibility you might not make it, but I always thought I would. But I had to understand and have an understanding that if I didn't make it, how are you going to be? Are you going to just, you know, drop off the face of the earth? Or are you going to be able to get into something else or do something else or play overseas, whatever the case may be? So that was the one thing I had to understand then. But past that point, I knew I was going to you know, get to this level, and I always knew I could play at this level, and I was confident. We've got Doug waiting, so I don't want to keep him too right, much cool. longer. But we do have one question uh, from Twitter that I found worthwhile. Uh, what does Justin see Aaron's ceiling as, and what does he need to improve to become an all-star? And clearly you have that perspective because – your yeah. other brother is. Yeah. Uh, I don't really see Aaron having a ceiling. Um, really, and I, I guess you might think I said it because it's my brother, but I've watched both of them play since they were young. I mean, right. I played with them. And, no one knows I mean, even, you. Yeah, say, even if you go back to when Aaron played in college, the more comfortable Aaron gets, the better he'll be, and he'll be at the all-star level, in my opinion. And um, I mean, the thing I think he needs to work on or continue to improve on is uh, being more patient. He's a very, very fast player, likes to get into it, likes to try to make quick. Just be more patient and let the game come to him a little more. You know, other than that, he shoots the ball well, he plays defense, he plays hard, and I mean, that's all you really need. Well, I know he'll have a mentor uh, directly to look at this yeah. season and you and his brother, and so we appreciate you joining us here, yeah, and best of luck you. as the year gets going. Yeah, thank you, guys, man. Pleasure. Yep, good good see to see you. Thank you. Come on, Dougie. Get on in there. Uh, you speak of positive players. I think he, just his general outset, his mindset, I think is one that um, is always intensely positive. Talking about Holiday, but another guy coming in here that always seems so to guys, be uh, in a positive mindset whether things are going um, well or at the times they aren't. First and foremost, this is, I think, uh, the first time in five years that your media day is with the same team that you yeah. had it last year. And I know that was something, Doug, that you were looking for ultimately when you signed with Indiana. Yeah. But this has to feel good. It has to feel uh, confidence building to be back in a familiar spot. Definitely. Yeah, it feels like it's been a while since that's happened. It's been since Chicago. So it yeah. um, feels good to be back. Um, just seeing everyone familiar faces. Um, not in the locker room, but within the organization, you know, we have a lot of new faces in the locker room, but everyone seemed to be getting along uh, right away so, so far. How did you feel about your first season here? Um, I felt good. You know, obviously um, it didn't end the way we wanted it to, um, but I, I thought it was overall a good year. I thought I um, played my role, um, did what I was asked to do, um, got to probably be a little more consistent out there, but I thought overall I played pretty well. I would argue that maybe your season last year was a little underappreciated. You shot 41% from three, and as a shooter, when you do that, I think that's a check in a pretty strong box there. It was an interesting year, though, in that you were lights out on the road, almost 50% on the road, and maybe struggled to find some of that consistency at home. How did you see that ebb and flow going, and does maybe just familiarity into year two help with that? Um, just, yeah, just kind of weird that that happened um like you said still shot over 40 percent from three so i felt really good about that um definitely gotta be better at home um it's a good shooters arena so it should be able to table should be able to flip and uh you know i think uh it'll be a good year i'm not too worried about putting too much pressure on myself i just want to go out there have fun play with these new guys and hopefully make shots you say this is a good shooters arena is there a significant difference as you go around the league shooting in one building as opposed to another 
Um, not too much. I mean, I guess it is a field house, so it's a little different. But, um, I mean, if you're a good shooter, you should be able to shoot anywhere. So, um, yeah, I think there's a lot of different good environments with the, with the Madison Square Garden where it's a little darker lighting and the Staples Center, a little darker lighting. Um, but, yeah. Overall, I mean, these are all good shooters, Jim. You just got to find a way to make shots. And as Pat pointed out, you are a good shooter. I don't know if you know the answer to this, but I'm just curious. Yeah. If you sat in an empty gym, mm-hmm. worked your way around the arc and took 100 threes, mm-hmm. could you make 75? I think I'd be 75 of the lowest. I'd say 80, really? 85, yeah. 85? I do it every day. I mean, every day I shoot 100 shots before practice without getting warm or anything. And usually the lowest numbers I get is like mid-70s, so... I'd, I'd hope, I'd hope I could do 80s in here, but we'll have to try it out. Well, a good example then, because he's literally uh, done this. Do you have an idea? I'm trying to think who else might be able to give you a run uh, for your money. And and there is one guy, who? C.J. Wilcox. Oh, he, interesting. Uh, I had 85 the other day, um, and we were doing a competition, and he got 87. So wow. I got to catch him now. It, when people say, uh, you know, what part of the NBA in-person experience um, do I need to experience maybe that I haven't, uh, coming early to a game and watching these guys shoot, because the amazing thing, even the guys that you think can't shoot, I remember Al Jefferson would hit like 50% of his threes when he was just warming up around the perimeter. I mean, yeah. that's you know, every guy can You know shoot. what it's like if you ever have a chance to go to a, a ballpark yeah. and have a chance to, to experience batting practice it's like every one of those guys is launching everything and the pitchers yeah. are putting it into it's, the outfield most of the time it's the too. same yeah. thing yeah it's crazy when you're really good at something when you do it without opposition you become great at yeah. it. yeah have you ever gone north of 90 uh haven't gone north of 90 um i know the record it's like a it's not all spot shots there's some on the move and i think a lot of teams throughout the league do the 100 shots that every team uses but the highest i heard was Mike Dunleavy got like 93 or 4. Wow. Um, so that's that's cooking on the move. And spot-up shots, I think I could definitely do 80s every time. Doug, we appreciate you joining us here. Good luck Thank in you. year two. And appreciate it. Same uniform. Good, Good to see, see you guys. guys. Yep. Oh, yeah. oh, oh. Uh, I'm in the middle of a game, sorry. What are the rules if I touch it? Th- uh, no, 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 we don't. Oh, no, we're, not, we're not playing. Not, not those ones? Yeah, yeah. No, not that. Do you want to? Yeah, Good move. You know, we, could, we could put them both in here. You want to join? Or you want to do no, no, we're going to be here forever now. Uh, you don't like uh, us? You don't want to be here forever? <laughs> we... Wow, that was feathery. That was, that was impressive. <laughs> Big time. Your turn. Right. No, 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 no. This is players only. All right, so we have Victor and uh, Domus. Well, we just talked to Doug a little bit about being in the same place for a second so year and how significant Santa. that is, as you guys have been kind of tied at the hip for all of your career, a lot of your career. Um, it has to be nice to have a guy like him and some consistency, I know, as you're working your way back, Victor. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, me and Domas' relationship speaks for itself. Uh, I've been glued to Domas' hip since he's been in the league, and like you said, most of my career. So it's always good to kind of grow with someone, if that makes sense. And, um, he's been the one form of consistency I've had in my NBA career as far as teammate goes. So um, it's been pretty cool to be able to share the experiences I have with him. Let's get this out of the way. Your acceleration seemed pretty good when Nate was over here and uh, you joined him for a moment. Everything on track and are you happy injury-wise and recovery-wise where you are? Uh, definitely, I'm, I'm beyond happy. Um, 
looking forward to getting back out there uh, when the time is right and I'm just going to take my time, take it one day at a time and just get right. Well, thank you. Uh, let's ask you the same question we asked Miles. You had a chance to participate in the world competition this summer. La Tuva. La Tuva. I mean, man. La Tuva. My bad. Yeah, I don't know where the law came from. Sorry. Let's do this. Can we do this? Why don't Why don't you interview Domas? All right. Oh, lovely. So you got a chance to play for your national team yeah. this summer. Please tell us, share with us your experiences in, in going over to China. It's a new country. You probably, I don't know if you've been there before or not, but uh, share with us your experiences and what you learned from that experience playing for your national team. Well, Victor, um, <laughs> I'm about to stay. It was. It was. It was a great experience. It was a great experience, you know, just going out there representing your country. It's it's always fun to play in these tournaments because you play against the best, and um, it's just it's just exciting, you know. You're it's a different game, you know. So you always learn. You always learn from different players. Um, um, different games, different situations you're you're put into, and um, I had a great time. You know, um, it's always fun playing there in front in front of your own fans. Anything specific you learned that you didn't know? I didn't know. Um, you said you learned new stuff. Oh, like on the court wise? Oh, um, whatever. Maybe you went to a good China. restaurant. I don't know what you were doing over there. Well, <laughs> you know how to speak some Chinese, bro? <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> um, I learned uh, just I played a lot more at the four there, so you know it was just getting me ready for. For this season, you know, I was put in situations that you're not used to as a, as a five man, so um, I feel like that was beneficial for me. Demontis, what does it mean to have him back and around the team, and and just kind of the vibe he presents and the leadership he holds? It's about, it's about time. Um, I'm finally, you. it's about time. It's about time. <laughs> and uh, it's just great having him around here. You know, it, it feels like he never left. Yeah, it's, it's almost like uh, this hole is, is is back and filled. We. Mr. Singing in the locker room. Thanks, bro. Appreciate you know, it. We didn't. We didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's because we only get it in like little, little yeah. two-minute uh, spurts, and you guys get it all the time. So, uh, what are you looking for this season? A whole bunch of new guys. Is it uh, is it interesting? Is it exciting? How do you look at bringing in all these new people and 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 trying to replace the guys that are no longer here? I mean, I'm um, I'm looking forward to the experience. I think it's going to be. A very good one. I think we have a chance to be very special. Even though there's nine new faces, I feel like uh, the nine guys that we have um, kind of fit our system, um, and they will really uh, learn our system fast um, and the way we like to play um, and things that we like to do and what we want to accomplish. So, at the end of the game, we focus on winning the championship. That's it. Like, there's no. There's no if, if we not focus on that, there's no reason why we should even play. And, if those nine guys have the same focus and the same belief, then that's all we need in order to, to build chemistry. We all have one common goal, and that's where it starts. This might be cart before the horse. Do you have any feel yet for once you are able to go back on the floor, play in a game, how long that adjustment period, if one at all, might take uh, to get back to the confidence level where you were before? Confidence. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that level is going to be high for the rest of my life. Yeah. Um, as far as getting in game flow, I don't. Yeah. I mean, I just got to go out there and see what it feels like. But I'm gonna be confident until the day I die. So, <laughs> hey, uh, how about this? We're taking we're taking Twitter questions. Uh -huh. One of our followers wants to know if you think you could have dunked on Domas's dad. 
Heck no. Have y'all met Domas's dad? I wouldn't even tried Domas's dad. Man, I probably, you probably would have put me on my back. Definitely. For sure. Nah, I would never have tried. Maybe one, maybe once. That's it. Yeah, you would. You know you would have tried. <laughs> yeah. Domas, you have played with Miles, so it seemingly is going to happen more. Is there any adjustment to just having more minutes with him, or have you already gotten through that with playing more last year? Um, I just think it's our first time um, we're going to go into training camp together in, in the same unit, so I think that's just going to help a lot. You know, Last year we were just like, we never really practiced it, we just go out there and have fun kind of style, you know, so um, I feel like it's going to be a lot more structured. What is it like to watch each other grow, and it seemingly takes a couple of strong personalities to be able to root for each other in the way that you two seemingly do? Since, since day one, since, since I got here, Miles has been... Like a big brother, like a big brother to me, you know, and um, he's 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 been helping me every day, you know, and um, we never hate on each other. We always support each other, you know. Uh, we 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 just want this team to win at the end of the day. That's the most important thing. So the more games we win and the further we go, um, that's all that everyone ever, anyone wants in this organization. Good, good. Domas, any questions for Victor? Victor, did you miss me this summer? Of course. <laughs> yeah, I was about to come get my uh, Lithuanian uh, passport or whatever the case That would have been amazing. So I can come play for the team, you know what I mean? <laughs> I like y'all colors. It's real fun. All right, gentlemen, All we right, appreciate guys. it. Best Always a pleasure. Good Thank night you. and God's beat. Thanks for stopping. <laughs> Good night, ladies and gentlemen.